From the back of the backstage at Playhouse Square, it's Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, featuring author and comedian Marjorie Preston. And now, two guys who try to act cool, Ken Dworsnick and Ted Clark. We are decompressing here in the middle of January, following the events of the Cleveland Browns loss as well as inauguration day, Ted, for our new president. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's we'll see how that goes today. Episode 38, Ted. And first of all, speaking about the Browns, I am cautiously optimistic for next year. And this is the way I feel after that rough loss that they had. Yeah. I'm very positive. They have salary cap room. They have lots of uh, draft picks. So the future seemingly looks bright. So We'll see what Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and the group there in Berea can come up with. But at least for now, the honeymoon continues. It certainly does. We're going to draft some defensive players. We've got the 26th pick in the draft. And we're going to get some players that could do something on the perimeter and have a lot of speed. I can't wait to get those players. It'll be great. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what they do in free agency as well. But what a, what a season. I'm going to throw this stat at, at you right now. You know, in the last four years, that the Cleveland Browns have more postseason victories than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. How about that? About that. That should get people very excited. That is incredible. I didn't ever thought of that, but wow, that's, whoa, boy. Pretty wild, huh? Well, Ted, I, I will say that as we move on, and obviously we don't talk a ton of sports, one team I do want to recognize quickly is the Cleveland State Vikings basketball team. I will say I, I've followed them for a long time. Very quickly, they started their season losing 101 to 46 to Ohio Bobcats. The Bobcats went a 40 to zero run. I've never heard of that in basketball, never. but that's what they did. They currently are now nine and four overall and nine and one in the horizon and just coming off a loss to Wright State, but they won eight in a row. Just want to recognize them very quickly. Dennis Gates is doing a great job and maybe that's something that people want to check out. Yeah, wow. You come off a 66 point loss. And now you're nine and four. That's pretty impressive. Isn't that impressive? I, and I've had the opportunity. They do have some games on ESPN three. So I've watched some games there. But Ted, here's my big question for you. How nice was it watching a game that's in the afternoon that you didn't oh. have to stay up until midnight and not feel like dog poo the next day? <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Uh, having the game at three o'clock was fabulous. My kids kind of watched. I was a little disappointed because I probably should have taken their iPads away and I didn't because I figured the game would be enough to lure them in and it wasn't. And they kind of paid attention, but were on their iPads. And then my oldest, as the game was coming down to the wire, I was like, Hey, you know, this is happening and you're not watching. And this was interesting after the game. And I was like, dude, they lost. He was actually crying a little bit. He was sad. Wow. And I didn't say, but I thought, well, welcome to being a Browns fan. There's no doubt. I mean, I, I was intrigued just with Jim Nance and the $17 million man named Tony Romo. I mean, there's... <laughs> I was thinking before yesterday's game that I really thought the Browns were going to go to the Super Bowl for one reason, and that is because it would only make sense that the Browns would go to the Super Bowl in a season when few, if any, people can watch the games in person and see them in the Super Bowl. I completely concur with you. And it, it did cross my mind for about 10 seconds 
when Pat Mahomes really got messed up and oh. he had to be helped off the field and, and the Browns were, were only down, you know, by, by five points. And I'm thinking they have a shot, but it just didn't well, work out. About, I'm not upset. I'm not upset. How about Tony Romo bringing back the old Marty Schottenheimer? There's a clean man. <laughs> that was tremendous. That I was didn't think anybody outside of Northeast Ohio would remember that, but holy cow, he was on top of it. He was. The, I, if I could be one person, I think it would be him. I call football once a week. I'm very well known. I'm considered the top commentator in, in football. I'm making 17 million. And I, I tell you right now, he is he is current, man. Everybody knows who he is. And it wasn't because of him as a player. He's a decent player, but boy, he's really done well for himself after football. I'll tell you that. Well, coming up on the show, we're going to learn some new Ohio jokes, hopefully. Yes. We'll, we'll see. Author Marjorie Preston is here. She's from South Euclid. She's written a book called, Oh, That's Funny, 101 Hilarious Ohio Jokes. We have some good news as well to pass along and some Klops clips. That's where we're going to learn about the unique way a woman got her revenge on her ex-boyfriend. We'll also remember one of the most devastating storms to ever hit Northeast Ohio. That comes your way in this week in Cleveland history. Blah, blah, blah. 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 Our guest today is a native of Bowling Green, Ohio, spent some time in New York City and is a public relations person. More recently, she's become a comedian and now an author with a joke book of Ohio jokes. Let's talk with Marjorie Preston. Marjorie, thanks for your time. And tell us about this book, the Ohio joke book. I was asked by a friend to write a joke book like eight years ago. He was going to put it on the internet and do a sort of an Amazon ebook situation and get the cover art all figured out. He was going to pay me 500 bucks. I said, okay. And I wrote this book. And I asked a lot of friends to help by submitting some of their favorite jokes about Ohio or that involve Ohio. So that was a while ago, right? <laughs> and uh, I ended up not getting it published. The person who was going to do it went through some personal issues himself and he was going through some stuff. So he just put it on his back burner for about a year. And then at the end of that year, I had just had a baby and I said, I don't think we're going to put out this book, are we? <laughs> and he's like, no, we're not. And it just sort of sat in my computer. I have two kiddos, a 13-year-old and a seven-year-old now. So you can see where, where the delay happened. The seven-year-old you know, came along and, and life got a little busier. But due to the pandemic, I was revisiting, you know, doing the pandemic pivot, as I call it, revisiting ways to work in this new normal or whatever we're calling this. And I, I went back to the book and I said, you know, I should put this out, you know, to be true to all the people that contributed jokes. There are about 40 people who contributed jokes to the book. So th this pandemic was the push I needed to actually find a, a local publisher and get a designer for the cover and, and all that stuff. And so it's just come out in November of 2020. Now, a part of the book, you had 37, I repeat, 37 different people that contributed to the book. I don't know 37 people. Luckily, I can talk to you today. How did you get that many people involved? Yeah, you do. I know. That's the number I gave to the Sun Messenger. And after I looked at it again, I think it's 40. But I have a lot of different groups I'm in on Facebook. Actually, I think something like 17 of the jokes are about Northwest Ohio. And you wouldn't think there'd be that many jokes about it. But honestly, 
Toledo, Bowling Green, there's a rivalry there and you can always make fun of small towns, smaller than Bowling Green. Yeah. So actually people that were in a Facebook group called grew up in BG, Ohio, contributed a lot of these and friends that I grew up with who I know on Facebook. So, you know, the Facebook call went out. I also talked to some people by email and any group I was in where I thought there were funny people in Cleveland and Chicago and a little bit in New York, I've done stand up sketch and improv. So I know a lot of funny people. <laughs> they don't always translate to knowing jokes, but there are some comedians who put jokes in here, that kind of thing. And as far as the Clevelanders, I think people were happy to contribute. So I had a lot of people from this area contributing jokes about things like Dead Man's Curve and Ashtabula and the Browns and LeBron. So yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, you're a stand-up comedian. What's the process for becoming a stand-up comedian or how does that work? Does somebody just say, yeah, hey, you're funny <laughs> and then you, you kind of pursue it from there or, or right. what do you do? So um, I can't speak to everyone's path. Mine was a little circuitous. I actually was spending a lot of time in New York when I was there. I was there for eight years watching stand-ups, but never had the interest in trying it the whole time I was there, which is really bad timing <laughs> because there are great teachers and clubs and I could have done that. But only when I moved back to Ohio did I pursue that. And the route for me went something like this. I actually started writing straight writing because I was a journalism major at BGSU and I was doing journalistic writing and PR and things like that. The first course I took that had to do with comedy was we used to have a second city Cleveland and it closed, but I was there before it closed and there's some great teachers there. I took the second city sketch writing one and two would have been my first foray into comedy. And as I was taking those, I also started noticing that jokes were coming out and sort of stand-up persona and, and jokes like that you could actually deliver on stage. And I thought, well, maybe I can sell them to someone, but that's not how that works. <laughs> An unknown comedian, you can't just sell jokes to famous people. And they're like, yes, thank you. So you actually have to get on stage to find out if you're funny at all. And that's how I started doing stand-up was only because I was writing comedian, a writer's comedian. So I got on stage, started telling the jokes and I was also writing sketch right at the same time. So I was doing sketch writing and started performing sketch writing and also at the same time doing stand-up. So like, for example, in the year of 2007, right, to, when my daughter was born, I was in a sketch troupe. I was in an improv troupe that same year. <laughs> she, she comes out funny. Uh, I was in an improv troupe and a sketch troupe. The sketch troupe did two shows that year and the improv troupe was going every weekend. So fast forward from straight writing to sketch writing, to finding that I was still writing stand-up and doing some stand-up. And then the final frontier for me, because I've done a lot of types of comedic writing, was actually getting on stage and doing improv 15 years I've been doing that. So that's the very circuitous route. Um, congratulations on your cleveland.com article. Very, very well done. Obviously, you did some live performances during this pandemic. Talk about doing those performances on Zoom as opposed to in person. <laughs> the Cleveland Improv Jam is something we've been doing for years. I want to say that the group I'm with, Angry Ladies of Improv, I think we took over running the jams in something like 2011, but I'm not entirely sure. And it's been as many as a weekly jam or a monthly jam right now. It's um, we're only doing performances on Zoom. But so we've been doing the jam and these folks in Chicago called the Flower Shop Bangers. This is an improv troupe reached out to the Cleveland Improv Jam to see if there would be interest in doing performing on their show, which they're doing, I think it's Wednesdays and Sundays. I've done a couple shows with Angry Ladies of Improv, and I did one show where I was performing a live uh, parody song. Oh, I write standard. parody songs as well on YouTube. Once in a while, it's not like every 48 hours I post, it's like every six months 
So people are not exactly, you know, on pins and needles waiting for the next one. But so as far as how to perform, it was just a matter of what can you do without like leaving the frame, <laughs> leaving the yes. little box. There are a lot of different types of edits that you can do. And that's actually an option too, if you want to just sweep and leave frame. But it was interesting to try and find characters that were work well on Zoom. Make sure that you're emoting through the face. This is, they can't see the rest of your body. So it was just really interesting. Um, I found that it was very conducive to the work that I was doing with the parody songs because that's it's for film anyway. So I was already ready to do that. I felt like with the improv that it was a little bit harder because you have a lot of tricks that you're used to using on stage that you can't. So you have to find new techniques. And I'm still learning uh, new techniques as I watch other improvisers. So you've written this book, 101 Jokes About Ohio. What's the place that's made fun of the most in the book? Oh, gosh. Like I said, there are about 17 jokes about Northwest Ohio. There are definitely a lot about Northeast Ohio as well. The thing that I do the most in the book, more than making fun of a specific place, is, you know, those Jeff Foxworthy jokes where he says, you might be a redneck. Well, it's a whole section that says you may live in Ohio. It's very like short. If you leave your patio furniture out all night, you might be a redneck. So if you like those kind of things, you've got, if you carry jumper cables in your car and know how to use them, you may live in Ohio, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> if you know what a Buckeye is and have a recipe for the chocolate ones, you may live in Ohio, things like that. If driving in winter is better because the potholes are filled with snow, you may live in Ohio. That, that's, the, <laughs> that's the sort of thing. So I like some of the longer ones, but I know a lot of people, they like to just have a joke in the back pocket to tell next time they see a friend. So those are kind of fun. But yeah, there's really no specific city that gets the brunt of it. We do make fun of, of course, Michigan and Pittsburgh and we make fun well, of Yeah, so you have to do that. Saying. Yeah, yes. of course, one thing that happened was when I first wrote this book in 2012, I had written a joke about LeBron that he only had one ring and now he's got four. But in the meantime, I wrote this book and he had three. <laughs> so it's already out of date. Generally, we're good. It's an evergreen thing, but we're going to need to get submissions for the boring LeBron joke. That's right. The one that we have here was from, I wrote in October. I, I'm like, this is so fresh. I just three rings. And then he gets another one right later that month. <laughs> but it's, it said here, what is LeBron James' favorite kind of circus? A three ring circus. Oh. So now we need, now we need a four, four ring joke. Four ring just, circus. Yeah, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. It took me so long to put this joke book out that I had friends who had submitted jokes who passed away. <laughs> and oh I wanted to let you know that the, the, bo the book is dedicated to three of my friends who sent me jokes and are no longer with us. So this is in memory of Andy Craze, Mark Rapp, and Norman Tischler. All Clevelanders and people might know, you know, the names. So Marjorie, you mentioned jokes about Pittsburgh and Michigan. I'm hoping that you have this joke in there that, do you know what the only sign of life in Ann Arbor or in Pittsburgh is? And the punchline is... Cleveland, 90 miles. You got that one in there, I'm hoping? <laughs> next next edition. Next edition. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right, well, oh. uh, I, I feel like I'm a contributor now. Before we uh, let you go, can we get you to stick around and play a little game time with us? Sounds like fun. Time for another fun new segment we have. It's called Five Questions with My Kid. I have my buddy here, Hans. You get five questions. You can ask me anything. Okay. What is your first question? What is my favorite color? Your favorite color is orange. I, I have another favorite color. Oh, uh, blue. Correct. Okay. What is my favorite game? Your favorite game is Among Us. That's one of my favorite games. 
I have another favorite game. Roblox. That's another one. Okay. But I didn't get the one you want me to say yet? Mm-hmm. It starts with an M. Uh, Minecraft. Cool. So you're trying to make sure that I know all about you here. This is a little different uh, setup here. Okay, go ahead. What's your... What is my favorite Hot Wheels car? Your favorite Hot Wheels car is the Batmobile. No. No. Uh, I don't know. Tell me, what is your favorite Hot Wheels car? It's the one that's like mostly orange, but but it has like a black stripe on it. Does it have a name, or is it just the orange one with the black stripe? It's just the orange one with the black stripe. Okay. What is my favorite shirt? Your favorite shirt is the Minecraft shirt. That I'm wearing right now? Yes. Correct. Yes! Okay, last question. How many animals did Moses take on the ark? Well, he took two of each. Incorrect. What? Moses didn't take any animals on the ark. Oh, Noah did. Boy, did you enjoy this? Yes, I did. What's the, what was the best part? When you get the Minecraft show. What about when you told me that Moses didn't take anything above the aboard the ark? You're a funny guy. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for asking five questions. That's five questions with my kid. Can you say goodbye? Goodbye. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one. For a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard. Heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app. Or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ted, once again, here's some good news. Five days before Christmas, Officer Matt Lima responded to a shoplifting call in Somerset, Massachusetts. When he arrived at the stop and shop, he found two women with young children and had used the self-checkout and then tried to exit the store with lots of unscanned items. He took them aside to talk and discovered that they weren't working, but were trying to provide Christmas dinner for their children. Then he made an amazing decision. Officer Lima served the two women notice not to trespass forms and refused to file criminal charges. Instead, he bought each of them $250 gift cards with his own money so they could provide Christmas dinner for their children. Wow. Unbelievable. That's, That's taking a... Could have been an awful situation and turning it into a positive. Wow. Yes. Hats off to Officer Lima. That, that is impressive. When you have the chance to do something, you understand the reason for the crime. The crime isn't justifiable, but it's understandable. And you take care of it. And that does two things. That obviously prevents the crime from happening and builds goodwill between police and citizens, which is something that's pretty important these days. Certainly does. And it's putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And I think at times we all need to do that. Ted, uh, 
once again, another great edition of some great news. And now, a woman's perspective. If a man speaks in the forest and a woman isn't there to hear him, is he still wrong? This has been A Woman's Perspective. Cleveland! This is for you! Another edition of This Week in Cleveland History, Ted, January 26, 1978. This is when you were 18 years old. Yes. Cleveland suffered the worst blizzard in history. The temperature dropped 39 degrees in six hours and sustained winds blew 53 miles per hour with 82 mile an hour gusts and up to 110 miles an hour over Lake Erie as the wind chill exceeded minus 100 degrees Fahrenheit. That is insane. Eight inches of snow fell and Hopkins Airport closed early with zero visibility. Over 110,000 greater Cleveland homes lost power except for I-77, according to Case Western Reserve University. All area freeways were closed by the storm, and the entire Ohio Turnpike closed for the first time. Oh, my gosh. A woman froze to death walking her dog, and two others died when structures collapsed due to the weight of the snow. One man in Mansfield survived by living in his tractor trailer for days before being rescued from a snowdrift. I remember hearing about this. Obviously, I was three you were just a little bit older at that yep. time, but I remember hearing about this blizzard and all these different things that happened at that time. I still recall, and I probably have the photo albums with the snow halfway up the slider door at the back of our house. It was just unbelievable. You, you couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't leave. You talk about being snowed in. That's being snowed in. That's insane. Wind chill yeah. exceeding minus 100 degrees. F. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Any one of those stats would be devastating. And then when you have them all at the same time, that's um, unbelievable. I mean, okay, 110,000 homes lose power. How are the guys going to get out there to fix it? Right. Yep, that's that's the big part. Wow, that's that's insane. That's, that's a time that, you know, every time you hear about a big storm, they talk about this blizzard, um, many different channels, and I've heard this many different times from 1978. Once again, another This Week in Cleveland History. Cleveland! This is for you! Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV. You've heard me talk about their top-notch rental services, but don't take my word for it. Here are some Google reviews. The Ohio Society of Association Executives says, not only do they meet every need we have, they anticipate additional services and requests that we have had and are always prepared. The Westside Catholic Center says the elements they added to our event enhanced every aspect of the evening. Very easy to work with, incredibly knowledgeable, and made adjustments on the fly. Whether you are planning a virtual or an in-person event, Westminster AV should be your first call for dependable, professional, audiovisual equipment rentals. Call today, 216-325-6960. Again, the number, 216 216- Three two five six nine six zero. Time for our game time segment with our guest, South Euclid author Marjorie Preston, and the top dad in Northeast Ohio, Ted Klopp. 
Today, we're going to play Name the Price Cleveland. In this game, Marjorie and Ted will guess the price of a product that I describe. Whoever guesses the price closest without going over is the winner. I have three products for the two of you today. Whoever guesses correctly on two of the products will be the winner. I do have a special prize for today's winner as well. You get your very own facial mask. Uh, these can be found on the ground nearly everywhere in Northeast Ohio. <laughs> Look especially on sidewalks, streets, and close to garbage cans. Uh. I would not recommend immediate usage. Are you guys ready for the game? Sure. Okay, here is product number one. 12 ounce bottle of Bertman Original Ballpark Mustard. This is a Cleveland tradition since 1925. The official mustard of the Cleveland Indians. It's all natural, kosher, and gluten-free, and it's made in Ohio. Marjorie, you are a guest. What is your guess on the 12-ounce bottle of Bertman Original Ballpark Mustard? I'm just going to ballpark it. So, $3.89 bottle of ballpark. $3.89. Ted? Going to go with $5.99. $5.99. But I hope Marjorie is correct because then it's cheaper. That's correct. The actual price of the 12 ounce bottle of Burtman Original Ballpark Mustard is $259. Wow. Marjorie, you uh, you are the yeah. winner for the, oh, the first uh, item. Okay, that, let's that go. That may to... be it. That may be the only one. That... <laughs> I don't know. These are, I'm not say these are tough. They're all Cleveland related. So okay. we'll, we'll see where, where we go. Number two, the 50 inch deluxe replica Christmas story leg lamp. This beautiful 50-inch deluxe leg lamp is a perfect replica of the leg lamp featured in a Christmas story based in Cleveland, Ohio. All of the quirky features are present in this leg lamp. It showcases a fringe gallery shade, a sexy thigh-high fishnet stocking, and an elegant stiletto heel. The 50-inch deluxe lamp comes with a 20-inch poly cotton blend lamp shade. The leg and socket are under the lamp shade, light up independently or together are controlled by one freeway Ted, you get to guess first this time. What is your guess on the 50-inch deluxe replica Christmas story leg lamp? I will go with $99. $99. Marjorie? Hmm. Okay. How about $59.99? Ooh. $59.99. Okay. Well, the actual retail price on the 50-inch deluxe replica Christmas story leg lamp is $199.99. So Ted, you get that one. Okay. So we are tied going into the third product, yeah. one to one. Okay. Hey, the, the tension is mounting. I can yeah. tell, I can feel it. I'm actually nervous trying to get this out here. I can't wait to try to win these, these, these uh, face, face masks. masks. Yes. <laughs> Final product. <laughs> is the Cleveland, Ohio Skyline Large Clock. It's time to show off your favorite downtown skyline with a custom round wall clock from Zazzle. It's featured in two sizes. This wall clock is printed in acrylic, processed to ensure the highest quality display of any kind. It's eight inches in diameter or 10 and three quarters inches. It runs on two AA batteries. And it's the photo of the downtown skyline. Now, this is for indoor use only. Ted, you can use this. Item. Thank you. So, Marjorie, for the third product, what oh, is boy. your guess on the Cleveland, Ohio skyline large clock? 
Okay, I actually have products on Zazzle right now. They say, of course I'm not drinking during the damn pemic. <laughs> so I'm guessing, based on my intimate knowledge of Zazzle, that it's something like $29.99, but it's probably 29. 20% off. If you click on the click on the link and you probably get 20% off. <laughs> $24.99. Okay, $29.99. We love a discount. There's no <laughs> Ted? I'm gonna go with 40 bucks. $40. The actual retail price of the Cleveland, Ohio Skyline Large Clock is $36.85. Oh. We were both close. Yeah, both close. I will say that's a tie. You guys are both kind of in the middle on there. I okay. actually, Marjorie, you, uh, you're the guest. The guest always wins. So <laughs> I mean, so. I don't know. This whole thing could be a tie. So well, congratulations. All right. We'll, uh, I will not send you the face mask. You'll have to find your own. I was going to say, I, could I send you an email later, Marjorie, and ask for some of those extra face masks that you might have? <laughs> <laughs> Mine haven't been stepped on or driven on yet. So no, I think absolutely. they're better in better shape. Marjorie, congrats on the book. Where could we find this book sure. if we're interested in purchasing it? If you're looking to get it right away and you want to just get it in your hands, e-siders can go to places like uh, Max Bax, Apple Tree, Loganberry, Fireside. If you're more uh, central or west side, there's a shop called Salty Not Sweet on West 25th that's carrying it. And Book Brothers in Lakewood. And yeah, I'm thinking as far down as Northfield, I just can't think of the name of it. I, 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 there's a shop that I just dropped it off. But so those should be listed on Facebook. I have a site. It's uh, facebook.com slash. Oh, that's funny. 101. I usually keep people posted. And you can also get a copy on my website at marjoriepreston.com. And you can get the ebook on Amazon. So just look for Oh, that's funny. It should come up pretty quickly in the search. Oh, and the cool. name of the book. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah, oh, that's oh, that's funny. 101 hilarious Ohio jokes. Okay. And it's listed as by Marjorie J. Preston and friends. Oh, good. Okay. That's awesome. Nice. nice. Yeah. All right, Marjorie. Well, thank you very much for your time and congratulations on the face masks. <laughs> sure. Thank you for thank having you. me. The most trusted name in journalism. Clops Clips. Ken, it's that time. The highlights, the, the, the grand puba, the big cheese, the head honcho, numero uno. Well, at least it's Clops Clips. We begin with, well, we know lots of people are out of work because of COVID. So here is an opportunity we wanted to pass along. So Ken, maybe if you're looking for a change of career, I know you're you're employed, fortunately. So, but maybe this, maybe you should consider this, or maybe anyone could. I don't know. Oscar Mayer looking for a new crew of hot doggers oh. to drive the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. Oscar Mayer suggests the job is perfect for recent college grads. I know you're not one, but well, you know, maybe it's a one-year job crisscrossing the country in the 27-foot-long hot dog-shaped vehicle. Candidates who can <clears throat> cut the mustard will start this June and stop at more than 200 events. This will be the 34th class of hot doggers. Wow. Do you need to what help you file your application? 
I, I'm telling you, if you if if I didn't, you know, have so many other things to do, I would consider this. You get to go cross country in a 27 foot long hot dog shaped vehicle. That's that's a blast. I think that'd be difficult to drive, don't you? I think? would think so. You need a special license. I was going to oh. say, I wonder if you need your tr- your truck license. More than likely. We'll see how things go for me, but that's always an option. That's always good to know. There you go. Glad I could pass that along. A Japanese brewery has decided to move ahead with selling its new beer despite a spelling error on the cans. Sapporo Breweries discovered that the word lager was spelled L-A-G-A-R. Lager, of course, is L-A-G-E-R. The brewery was initially going to cancel the release of Katakushi beer, but they say feedback from customers was that the customers didn't really care about the misspelling and just wanted to try the beer. So now it's available, misspelling and all. Thank God for spell check. I guess they didn't use it. That's that's where it's at. Well, maybe, maybe Japanese spell check works differently. I don't know. Well, here's the other thing, too. We're all talking about it. And don't, yeah. don't we know? Talk about some free pub. Any publicity is good publicity. A UK woman took to Twitter to share a handwritten note she received from an angry neighbor. The note reads, quote, Can you please stop screaming like a pig at o'clock when you shag? <clears throat> oh my the woman captioned the picture saying, I personally thought I sounded like the herbal essence woman. She did admit to oh. being a bit embarrassed, but later added she would be louder next time. Wow. That, uh, yeah, not much. I don't know what I could say to that one. How, how loud do you have to? I guess maybe if the windows are open, but you, you got to be guess. pretty loud doing anything to have the neighbors hear you. Unless, I guess, person. if you're in a multi-person dwelling. Yeah, maybe she has a microphone and a speaker system or something like that that's involved with this or a loudspeaker. Who knows? Keep Apparently it down. she is a loudspeaker. People are trying to sleep. Keep it down. Yeah, don't scream like a pig when you shag. Never thought I'd say those words in that order here. Nope. This is a first. Here is a shining example of the truth in words. No fury like that of a woman scorned. A TikTok user posted a clip of her getting her apparent revenge on her cheating boyfriend. Her caption of the video noted that she wasn't keying his car. No, Viewers can watch as she uses the key to his place to get in and toss colorful glitter everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Carrie Underwood can be heard in the background singing the lyrics, maybe next time he'll think before he cheats. The glitter video has racked up more than 22 million views and more than 80,000 comments so far. 22 million people watch this? Holy cow. I, I don't have TikTok. I've not really watched TikTok before, but nope. this is the new social media. But yeah, you know what? She's trying to do a positive. She's upset, so I'm going to toss glitter everywhere. Well, that gl- glitter never comes out. So no. No. every time that guy finds some glitter, guess what he'll think of? And His we next. will keep thinking of other news stories to find for Klopp's Clips. Dad joke. What did the doctor say to the sick toilet? You're looking very flushed. That joke was horrible. 
putting a bow on episode number 38 of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. Ken, do you have any new Ohio jokes now that we talked to Marjorie Preston? I'm full of Ohio jokes. <laughs> he was great. I, I What a complete pleasure it was to talk to her. Very talented lady. And uh, once again, find out all about all these people and uh, certainly somebody that's from uh, the Chagrin Falls area and things like that. We wish her the best. And But she was great. Love to have her on a, in the future. And I have to give a special shout out to our prize department for the prizes for the game time. These are tremendous prizes that they've come up with. They've been working hard and trying to come up with some different ideas. And it's almost like, the, you know, kind of saving the environment with some of this stuff, too. That's for sure. Please, by the way, let your friends know not to yell too loud or scream like a pig when shagging. That's this is one of the things. Yeah, I've already put this together. I have a takeaway from the show. Yeah. Keep your pig <laughs> noises to yourself. <laughs> well, next week on the show, Lane Kawaoka is going to join us. He is a real estate investor, a commercial real estate investor who has recently acquired a building in the Cleveland area. So we're going to talk to him about commercial real estate and what he plans to do with the building he's acquired in Cleveland. Always interesting to hear what's going on in other business areas. Oh, it certainly is. And, and I, I know Lane is, is certainly not from the area, but certainly the building that he purchased. And obviously you could find out when we had the episode on it. It's very interesting. He did a lot of research and uh, I think it's going to be a great thing. Well, downtown is certainly seeing some redevelopment and he's a part of that. So that's good to see. Ken, any exciting plans for the week? Uh, probably breathe a couple times and then uh, look forward to another episode with you, Ted. I, I will say this, looking forward to more people getting the vaccine. I know a lot of people have gotten that. Unfortunately, last week, I, I knew of four people that I actually knew very well that passed from COVID-19, which obviously don't want to leave on a sour note, but certainly want to recognize to everybody. Unfortunately, we're still dealing with this. You got to do things the right way. And, you know, certainly thoughts and prayers to everybody that, that has this virus. And we just got to keep going on. We really do. Be careful, follow the rules and live your life. That's it. You got it. On that note. Enjoy your week, and we will see you next week. Ted, thank you so much. I hope no one forgets that we're just two middle-aged men from Cleveland. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.